T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This time on Vet Story. There are literally dozens of important things going on right now, and I can't believe that we're going to talk about parades. But from the first moment I saw the Washington Post report that President Trump told military officials that he wanted a parade like the one in France, well, it's been talked about by everyone. We can start with the kind of head-scratching reaction it got from the people in Congress. Senator Ben Cardin. First of all, uh, there's a cost issue involved here. Secondly, America doesn't have to display its military might. The world understands our strength. Senator Lindsey Graham. I think it should be a thank you parade, a honoring those who sacrificed for our country parade, not a display of hardware parade. I have no desire to go to the Soviet uh, hardware display. To me, that's cheesy and weak. Senator Richard Shelby. That's probably good for the country, always, if we uh, prayed our, our soldiers out, out whether it's Washington, D.C. or, or uh, Birmingham, Alabama, or New York City. We've had that in the past. And Senator Dean Heller. Frankly, uh, whether it's, uh, uh, what I'd like to see is uh, a lot of veterans participating in that. <laughs> and I'm sure there's plenty of veterans out there that would like to see him march down the street in support of them. <laughs> Am I right? We posted a few stories about it on ConnectingVets.com and got plenty of comments. JM said, first of all, major security risk and always hated pomp and circumstance. And as you went down the comment thread, well, the comments got a little more exciting. Tillery said, no parade, he's a douche. As a vet, I'm very supportive of our military. I've never seen a parade and thought, yeah, let's do that. It's called being confident and secure in our ability. And then Fabiola said, President Trump doesn't want a military parade to celebrate our armed forces. He wants our forces to celebrate him. You know, like a third world dictator. As a disabled vet, I'd prefer Trump and Congress to use tax dollars for meaningful causes. And that's like literally just a few of them. I could read these all day. Defense Secretary General Mattis was asked about this at the White House press conference. And here's what he had to say. I think we're all aware in this country uh, of the president's affection and respect for the military. Uh, We've been uh, putting together some options. We'll send them up to the White House uh, for a decision. Question about North Korea, but that's a follow-up on Catherine's question there. You just laid out the argument for fully funding the military, why you think every dollar counts. So why divert time, energy, financial resources to the planning of a parade, as the president has asked? Uh, Again, I think that what my responsibility is to make certain I lay out the strategy and make the argument uh, for the oversight of Congress to make a determination of fully funding us. Uh, As far as the parade goes, again, uh, the president's uh, respect, his his fondness for the military, I think is reflected in him asking for these options. Those words were clearly supportive 
The look on his face had a hint of, Jesus Christ, I'm a decorated general, head of the Department of Defense. My boss has me out here talking about a friggin' parade. Connecting Vets reporter and Army veteran Jake Hughes wrote an article earlier this week entitled, The Troops Don't Want a Parade. And I sat down with him to talk about it. You know what I didn't think we'd talk about this week? What's that? Parades. Really? I really had no you idea. You mean like the Macy's Day Parade? Yeah, like I had no idea. Yeah, we've gone, uh, we've had like five different stories about about this supposed might not even happen, but kind of is happening parade. You wrote an article on it, and I think that that's kind of where I want to start. And your article opens up with an interesting quote from an active duty sailor. Uh, Coast Guardsman, actually. I really don't think they like to be conflated. So. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't get that. I, I, I just saw Sailor and I thought... I, I, think, I, think you, I think you just angered half the U.S. Navy. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he told me his quote was, um, I feel bad for whatever poor unit gets stuck with that drill and ceremony nightmare. And that seemed to be the general consensus of the people I talked to. And, th- and this is a very unscientific study. I was just asked a couple people on a right, veteran right. Facebook page I belong to, but the majority of the active duty members said that I just don't want to be a part of this if it happens. With your experience as an army vet, I was interested when I read your piece that uh, you agree on some levels with what people are saying when they say this about parade for the military through the streets of DC is just a damn ridiculous idea. Talk to me about why a tank man might feel that way. The quotes that front came from President Trump said he wants tanks rolling down the street. So if y'all don't know, I was a tanker in the Army for six years, right. the first half of my enlistment. And I have enough experience to tell you that that would be a logistical nightmare. It'd be no fun for anyone involved. Because first and foremost, you got to realize a tank weighs about 70 tons. And they carry about 400 gallons of fuel and get gas mileage around a whopping 1.67 gallons or miles per gallon. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. And so you can't really drive them that far. Now, the reason that's a prop, that's an issue, is because where is the nearest Army post that has tanks? Most likely is Fort Stewart, which is in Georgia. So how do you get the tanks there? Well, simple. You load them on a rail car. Sounds simple, right? Right. No, it's not. Having done numerous what we call railhead operations, I can tell you it is no fun for anyone involved. You're talking about getting driving the tanks to the rail yard around 4 in the morning and then spending all daylight hours doing the precarious mission of actually loading them onto cars, which is difficult enough because one wrong move and you have a flipped tank, and those things cost around $4 million. Ooh. Yeah. So, and that's that. But more than that, have you seen what tanks do to asphalt? It chews, right. it chews up road, especially even on a tank with brand new track and track pads, you're talking about serious damage to roadways. So now you're talking the cost of moving, fueling, operating, and fixing the roads afterwards. And that's just a tank, an M1A2 Abrams tank. Right. What does he mean by tanks rolling down the street? Does he talking about, you know, M109 Paladins, M2 Bradley fighting vehicles, Humvees, Strikers? And that's just the Army. I don't even want to think about what he'd want from the Air Force and from the Navy. I mean, I am not an expert, but I would reasonably assume you cannot get an aircraft carrier on a truck and pull it down Main Street Street Boulevard. I don't even think you could get one in the Chesapeake Bay to pull into the waterfront side of D.C. so people could go see one. I mean, you know, we deal with some... We deal with some heavy metal. Exactly. When when you're talking military hardware. Rock on. it's not easy... 
it's not easy to get down to a city or stage for an event. So um, I found it interesting, though, that, that, that you were able to describe the details in which it would take to get a tank here. Now, uh, we moved from the Army to another service branch, and uh, this quote didn't surprise me, but you found, a, you found a Marine who summed it up in two words. Yeah, he said, uh, that. We'll, <laughs> we'll keep it clean for, for the little children's out there. But he, his quote says, we, we hate marching and ceremony already, especially infantry. The last thing anyone wants to do is rehearse a huge parade for days, have a thousand working parties, and drill for hours. And that's another thing people don't realize is this is not as simple as put on your dress uniform and walk down the road. You're talking hours and days spent practicing drill and ceremony, planning out the routes, all these things. And that's time that could be better spent training for missions in Afghanistan or other places. Or even better yet, what I think most troops would prefer, a day off with their families. Right. And have you ever been a part of a ceremony? Did you ever have a change of command that you had to attend? Or did you ever oh, have any like, dignitaries visit one of your bases? Yes. I was the part of a change of command ceremony for a two-star general when I was at Fort Riley, Kansas. We were out there in the hot sun for a good 45 minutes locked at parade rest. And oh. it, people were dropping like flies. It was horrible. So I can't imagine wearing a stuffy uniform in July in D.C., which if you don't know, it gets pretty hot here. Oh, We're talking like 90, 90 and 90 and marching down a road with tanks following you because, again, the exhaust from a tank is really, really hot. So if the tanks are in front of the people, that's we're talking like a couple, like a hundred degrees yeah, temperature, yeah. and people marching behind it, it's just, it's logistical nightmare, and it's something that a lot of troops simply wouldn't want to participate in. Mm. Were you able to find anybody that was in favor of, if not a parade, a demonstration of sorts that would be pro-America, pro-strength, pro-power projection? Yeah, I had a soldier friend of mine who said, uh, I would hon I honestly have wanted to see this happen for such a long time and would love to have the honor to attend. And uh, I talked to some of the veteran service organizations and uh, an anonymous source, who someone who didn't want to be named, said that uh, as with every parade in every community in the nation, there are logistical and security considerations that have to be met. But parades bring people together for a united purpose and saluting our nation's veterans of past, present and future is a worthy parade down Pennsylvania Avenue every day of the year. And I even got an official word from the VFW, Veterans of Foreign Wars, saying the VFW of the United States is supportive of any initiative that recognizes our military and our veterans. So there are people out there that would love to see this happen, even that want to participate. But in my experience over the past couple of days, they seem to be in the minority. Right. And the more rank and file soldiers have the opinion of why. If you are active duty service, how do you get out of marching in this thing? Simple. I can't go. I have dental. <laughs> I have dental. Yeah. There's, it's, that's a catch-all for if you sleep through an alarm or you don't want to go to a working party. Hey, I can't go. I have dental. <laughs> and apparently nobody really checks up with... Well, not the first time. <laughs> okay. Don't do it too often. Nice. You'll be saving that one. In yeah, you'll be seeing a lot, of, a lot of soldiers, sailors, airmen, marine, and coast guardsmen with cavities that day. <laughs> Right on, man. Always appreciate your take. Jake Hughes, thank you very much, sir. No problem, man. So, before I completely made up my mind about this parade idea, I reached out to an organization that has been part of parades 
for the better part of this century. Joe Davis, National Spokesman, Veterans of Foreign Wars. All right, Joe, thanks for joining us on Vet Story. Good to talk to you. Uh, Good to be here, Phil. I've read the obvious comments and the obvious friction this has caused. People think logistically it's a nightmare and it'd be, you know, an impossible thing to do. And why do we need to do it? This is reserved for countries that just, you know, goose step in the streets and parade around missiles like fools. Um, Share with me what you think, not just of parades, but of, you know, national events that honor the veterans and military. Well, I'll tell you, you know, the Veterans of Foreign Wars, if we're for anything. It's about recognition, the proper recognition of our troops, our service members, and their veterans, and, and especially their families, who, too. But, uh, you know, if we can remove politics, and uh, whether you like or dislike the president, take away Bastille Day and any reference to any other country's uh, military parade, so to speak, you know, why can't we do something like this? You know, if we talk about, let's talk about the global war on terrorism. You know, when 9-11 happened, that 19-year-old is now an old man, not an old man, but you know, in their military unit. Mm-hmm. If they were 19 and 9-11, well, add 17 to that, and they're up there. They're the old man or woman in their unit right now. So, and, you know, they, they have deployed multiple times into the, uh, into the desert, into the mountains. When can we say? You know, it's been uh, since 1991 was our last military parade down the uh, Pennsylvania Avenue. So when do we get an opportunity to say thank you to that generation, you know, who've been able to uh, unbelievably fight a multi-front war for 16, 17-plus years with just an all-volunteer force? Yeah, I mean, it It does seem kind of like an obvious thing that if we could make a large event to honor them, it's a good deal. It's not something worth debating. Talk to me a little bit, though, as we're both veterans. Um, I think where people get kind of stuck in the weeds here with this discussion is the fact they think, well, why would we want to make a service member work on their day off? Why would we want to make people go out there and sweat in their a class A's or in their dress blues, you know, only to be paraded around like, uh, you know, objects of someone's possession. If you were on the team here that was planning a party, and let's just suspend reality for a minute and say that, you know, we've taken this off the Joint Chiefs desk and they've given it to you and I to plan. What does a cool event like this look like to you? Well, first of all, I'd, I wouldn't have it on the 4th of July. You know, for people who know Washington, D.C. on the 4th, uh, it is a monster fireworks show on the mall. So first of all, you have all the logistical uh, you have logistical challenges. Logistical and security are the things that come top of mind to me. Because, you, you know, as soon as the, the, you know, the Park Service opens up their magnetometers, then people start flooding the National Mall to occupy their space, so, so to speak, so they can uh, watch the fireworks from their blanket, with their blankets. Mm-hmm. You know, for these folks to vacate their space to move over to Pennsylvania Avenue means go out, going outside the clear zone, back into the dirty area to watch a parade, then having to go back through the magnetometers again and hoping that whatever space they staked out to watch the fireworks is still there. Right. Plus, you have all that additional security going Pennsylvania Avenue. Fourth of July is just an, it, it's too much to add another major event. Now, Veterans Day is not a problem. You know, if we look at, there's a Memorial Day model right here, because you have two major events that happen on, on Memorial Day and Veterans Day. At 11 o'clock, uh, the president historically is the, uh, the, is, the, is the guest of honor at the Arlington National Cemetery to lay a wreath and give a presentation. That goes, and, uh, that goes from uh, 11 to noon. Then from at one o'clock to two, you're at the Vietnam Wall. The president doesn't show up there, but major uh, major players are also there. And then on Memorial Day at two o'clock, 
there's a National Memorial Day parade, which basically starts at the National Archives by the U.S. Capitol, goes all the way down uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Constitution Avenue, just past the White House, and ends at 17th Street Northwest. Now, Earlier in the morning, there's a smaller event at the National World War II Memorial, and later in the afternoon, there's a small event at the uh, Korean War Memorial. So if you can replicate Memorial Day as far as a sequency event on Veterans Day, it's all doable. Fourth of July is just not doable logistically. Obviously, you can always spend the money elsewhere, you know, whether it's more housing or better housing allowances or separate rations or things like that. But shoot, I mean, we just we just had a flyover of the Super Bowl and that's a dome stadium. (laughs) So how much sense does that make? Uh, well, I mean, luckily for the magic of television, some people saw it, but I, I, <laughs> I agree with you more. Hey, if it was, again, down to us, Joint Chiefs of Staff don't have to think about this, and they give it to you and I to plan. Do you have a musical act you think would be awesome to see volunteer their time to come play for America? Who, who? I'm sure. I sure, I'm sure, pretty sure they would all follow each other just to volunteer and do that. Uh, you know, it's it, that's we need to have a celebration. We just have to just stop and, and be grateful for what we have. And, you know, and then keep on pressing on with the mission because we know our men and women in uniform are going to be doing that. Well, I appreciate your support. Joe Davis, Veterans for Foreign Wars. How do I find out more about joining the VFW? VFW.org. And I thank you for your service too, Phil. Now, here we are amidst a backdrop of a growing budget deficit, a war against terror that's gone on for 17 years with no end in sight. Is now the best time to be planning a party? Then I got a call from my old Navy buddy, Dylan Gugamos. And I'm actually pissed I didn't record the call because he's hilarious. He's not a hardcore political guy at all. In fact, when we were in the Navy together, he was most interested in surfing and the band Sublime. But his take was eye-opening. Dylan and I served together in the Navy on an aircraft carrier. And although I never asked him about his background, it kind of is important to put into context what he said. His family's Cuban. His grandparents emigrated here. They took the long way here. Some of them had to wait two or three years for their papers to even be eligible. When they got here, they became American citizens, and they instilled in their family for the next two generations a serious pride in America. And little did I know, Dylan had been very excited to join the Navy before I met him. And I'm going to paraphrase here, but essentially he said this. If we're going to be the big bear, then we have to act like one. And Americans should be Americans and not apologize for wanting to show off that we're badasses and we won't back down. And when you think about it like that, that's kind of cool. So maybe we could have some kind of a party where we prove that. But he and I both lived through the commissioning of an aircraft carrier. And let me tell you, on a rainy day in November, standing out there in your dress blues, getting soaking wet so some rich guys in ties can give speeches, it sucked. So I asked him, you want the men and women in our service to march around just so our country can feel some pride and feel like badasses? And he said, I'm totally glad you asked it like that. And you're right. I don't think we need to look all North Korea and marching troops down the middle of the street with missiles. I think there's a right way to do it. But do you know how many marching bands, how many choir groups, drill groups, rifle group, ROTC, Navy League, you know how many people would want to be part of a parade that celebrates our troops and our veterans? And suddenly, 
I kind of started to see what he was saying about throwing a party to celebrate service members and veterans. You know, I want kids growing up aspiring to be soldiers and sailors and airmen and Marines. They're not freaking YouTube stars. So why don't we turn this over to the pros? TV and cable networks and concert promoters. And make this a big-ass red, white, and blue thank you. Make it a rock, rap, pop, and country megastars live in D.C. singing by the monuments. Let Katy Perry and Justin Timberlake sing in front of the biggest audience the National Mall has ever seen. Yes, you can put some hardware out there. Get some flyovers and some fireworks. Get every pro ball player and spec warriors to stand by and sign autographs. You can televise the whole thing. You could make it like a telethon and you could collect donations for various veteran groups. Throw the biggest party America's seen in DC and don't charge anyone a dime. I thought about it more and thought hell. Rolling Thunder's an event where nearly 100,000 Harley riders, veterans, and bikers make an annual pilgrimage into DC. Combine it with that. Maybe make the Harleys part of the parade. I mean, there's a lot of different ways we could do this that don't involve the troops themselves marching down the street, a la Soviet Union or North Korea. And organically, I think I even get where this comes from. Let's face it. We elected a president who's a reality TV star, a real estate mogul. The guy is used to getting a ton of attention and he knows how to make press. He knows how to get people excited. And I really hope that's what this is. He didn't serve, he's super pumped about America's military, and he just doesn't know how to express it except through the medium that he understands. But that's the thing, this isn't TV. No matter how badass we make our red, white, and blue party, our salute to veterans in the military. At the end of the day, the biggest question should be, would it make a difference in the lives of veterans and the service members who put their life on the line? Before we blow up one balloon, book one band, close off one street, Congress, the DOD, and most of all, our president, better have a good answer. I'm Phil Briggs, and I'll talk to you again on the next episode of Vet Story. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 